Oh. Oh, nuts. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She's been using that to test out the volume <laughs> levels of our microphone today. Hi. <laughs> You're you're in a mood. I'm in a mood. That's you're, true. You're in a mood. I don't know what kind of mood it is, but it is a mood. It and is I guess a we'll mood. find out as we go along. Yeah. So we apologize um for not having an episode last week. Uh apparently thunderstorms can fuck up internet connections. Yeah. Um so we had to get a whole new router. It was a lot. It was a it lot. It was a process. We had two lightning strikes hit in our front yard. Yeah. Like so. It was it was definitely a process, but I'm Damien and I'm Ashley. Welcome to Casually Die Hard, a wrestling podcast about people who enjoy the world of pro wrestling and one that was in it and nuts and nuts apparently. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm not gonna say that anymore. We'll yeah, see. that's bullshit. That's probably a lie. Yeah, that's a lie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows you, it's yeah, it's a lie. That's true. Um, so today we are going to um, we're going to be doing two episodes uh, this week. So buckle Ooh. up. <laughs> <laughs> are you telling that to them or to me? Yes. And to uh, you. <laughs> I'm good. Oh. I can talk for hours. Oh, me too, though. Yeah, but yeah, but not on a microphone normally. Yes, I can. I just don't. You don't normally, yeah, no. But I would love to. Yeah, that is true. You mm-hmm. did say that your uh, calling card was color commentary, you think? I'm pretty sure that's what I was meant to do. This podcast is also brought to you by Mountain Dew Hard Cider, and Ooh. or Hard Seltzers, excuse me. Wow, already. Yeah, already <laughs> feeling it, I guess. <laughs> One sip in. So listen, if <laughs> if that's not an ad, I don't know what is. Listen, sponsor us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, so today we are going to be reviewing um, the Premier Wrestling Network's uh, Wrestling Showcase from last weekend. We sure uh, will. We, we bought it. We watched it. We're going to review it in detail. Um, give our feedback on it. And then we're going to do some fun stuff. The PWI Top 500 came out. Um, and so I'm going to read off the Top 20. I'm on it. To Ashley. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to read off I'm going to th- tell you which one's me. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read off the Top 20 to Ashley, and she's going to tell me which one uh, surprises her the most. And then I think it's probably me. Probably. But uh, no, we're going to get our honest reactions about the top 20 in the PWI 500. And then we're going to see and like kind of look through the list and see if there's any outliers that we think probably should be up there or like mm-hmm. some of our favorites that maybe are or not or are or are not on the list. Yes. As I stumbled through that. And then we're going to do our top five wrestling theme songs of all time, which should be a fun little discussion. Yeah. Um, I I sprung this on Ashley two days ago. I've been thinking about it for a hot minute, but... I forgot about it until you mentioned it. Literally like, an hour and a half hour ago. An hour and a half ago, yeah. yeah. Um, I did have it. Like, I had ones that immediately came to mind. Okay. So, I, I feel like it was a very genuine... Uh, it was very genuine. Okay. I have two honorable mentions. But I also feel like I don't remember a lot of the theme songs. Probably not. Um, but I think I, I like my list. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll jump into that later on in the podcast, but let's open up with the Premier Wrestling Showcase uh, brought to us by the Premier Wrestling Network. Now, mm-hmm. this is a network that is owned by Freddie Prince Jr., um, is owned and Get operated, it, owned and operated by him, and then he has two brothers that I guess are co-owners as well. That's cute. That we heard about on the prod on the broadcast. Wow, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! Um, what is 
Are those his brothers? They're not his brothers. They are just a set of oh, brothers. A se- okay. I thought you were saying it was him and his brothers. No, 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 okay. no, no. So him the, and a set of brothers. So the one man that was on commentary and his brother, who Correct. he mentioned, are brothers who own it with Freddie Prince Jr.? That's my understanding. Interesting. Um, I'm, I'm trying I to wish, find an article now about it. I wish Freddie was there. Yeah, I wish he was too because it seemed like a pretty big event for them. Yeah. Um, a new streaming platform, this is via Post Wrestling, a uh, new streaming platform is being launched Launched called the Premier Streaming Network. Uh, it is being led by Paul Owen and Josh Chernoff, who previously held positions with Fight TV. Okay. Um, it looks like, uh, how is Freddie Prince Jr. then involved? Maybe he's like a funder. A, maybe a funder, yeah. So Chernoff is the president, and then... Um, was he the one on commentary? I think they both were. Oh. I think both But of he them. mentioned his brother, who was somebody who came out. Yeah, I'm confused. Okay. Either way. Um, however it works. However it works. Let us know. You know what? Here's the thing, <laughs> right? Let's let's think about this for a second, because uh, when we were watching it, oh boy, uh, confusion was the number one thing on yes. that on yeah. that broadcast. Um, I think overall, I... overall, let's talk about our, our feelings of the show. Okay, like let's if you start had with that. one word, one word to describe the whole thing, what would it be? Confusing. Mm-hmm. What about you? Mine uh, would be woof. Yeah. So. <laughs> There was some positive. There was a lot of positive, I will say. Maybe not a lot. There was some. <laughs> For me, there was not a lot. There was positive, though. There was positive. I think for me, overall, like, if you're if you're going to break it down, so if I'm talking about the production itself, not good. The production was really bad. I think everybody who was either giving an interview or on commentary or whatever, like, it did not seem like they knew what was going on at all. It didn't seem like they did a run through for me. It didn't seem like they had a schedule that was followed. And I think even if you have a schedule, so I come from a world of doing events. Yep. So for me, when something happens, you need a backup plan. If, if a match goes long, you need a backup plan. Mm-hmm. You need to tell the people who are on sound, who are on, like, what whatever it is that's going to be affected by this, if it goes a minute, two minutes long, you need something to tell them, when this happens, 30 seconds after that, you do this. Yep. Like, you, you, it can't be something set in stone... Because then they if didn't have a run shifts, sheet. We call right. it, we call it a run sheet, and, right? Because so I come from I come from a little bit of a background in television production. Mm-hmm. Um, took it for four years in high school or three years in high school. Right. Then I also went to college for uh, sports broadcasting. Right. So my whole thing is that when you are doing something like this, you need a run sheet. Absolutely. You need to be able to pl- to block it out at least in. In segments, you right. know, um, like, and I think that the I think that the commentary was good for the matches mostly. Yeah, but but I will say the in between oh the my God. interviews, the throwing to the back, throwing yeah. to this guy, the video packages, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like, 
I think that there definitely needed to be some communication there. And mm-hmm. I think that I, I, I can't say that this is all completely on them. Um, as we found out, uh, there were multiple people not there. Right. That I think probably threw everything into a bit of a cluster. Yeah. Into a little bit of a... Um, Especially because the advertised main event could not happen. Right. And as wrestling is always saying, there's always a tagline, card subject to change. Mm -hmm. It does not matter what is advertised, the card is subject to change. Yeah. And the thing for me was that they had a good backup plan, Mm -hmm. but I think the backup plan really threw them off. Yeah. I think they worked with it. Like, I think changing the main event the way they had to, I think they really worked with it, and I I applaud them for that. Yeah. But for me... They still got to the desired outcome. They did. and But for me, I think the biggest issue I have with production was, was the commentary between things. So it was them talking over when people were being ring announced. Yes. Like... It was them talking over the video packages. It was them talking over things that they should not have been talking over. Correct. So I couldn't hear them, and I also couldn't hear people being announced. It was, who's this person? Where are they from? Yeah. What are they doing? Why is this important? Not I don't only that, know they had the you... match order out of, like, they had the right. matches out of order as well. And they yeah. also advertised something as a co-main event when it was in the middle of the show. Yes. You could say is... first half main event. Right. And then have an intermission, yeah. which is what we used to do you for SWR. You cannot call it a co-main event. No. We would say, this is your first half main event. Right. Because then I was like, when that match came up, I was like, okay, so it's almost over. And, and then there was like five matches. Yeah. And it was just, I was very confused. And that really took me out of it where I was like, I thought this was going to be done. Right. Um, not other... that I like wanted it to be done necessarily, but if I'm expecting like this is the amount of time I'm yep. going to be in something and then it's no, you're going to be in it for another hour. I'm like, what the fuck? Even the UFC, the UFC employs the strategy of the second fight is the co-main event. The yeah. second to last fight is the co-main event. Right. When I was ring announcing, I would advertise the second to last match as the co-main event of the evening. That's just like the universally understood right. definition Correct. of what a co-main event is. Right. Unless like, you know. It's WrestleMania, and then there's like seven main events because right. you're wrestling The Undertaker or something. <laughs> That's a shot at CM Punk. But yeah, but um, <laughs> my biggest thing, my biggest thing for me, my biggest issue of the night was the commentary itself. Yeah. Um, this was supposed to be a wrestling showcase of a whole bunch of independent promotions that are mm-hmm. on the premier streaming network. You know what you don't do? Put a baby face and a heel commentator side by side when nobody knows the fucking storyline. Yeah, exactly. Like there was a heel color commentator and a baby face play by play guy. And I think AEW does this really well. WWE's gotten better at this mm-hmm. of being a heel and still being able to stick to the match. Right. This became the Matt Cardona and the car or the color commentators love affair with him yes. show. Yeah. They it talked was about it so much mm-hmm. that it was unnecessary. It yeah. was so unnecessary. Yeah, and it's like I I get it like you're trying to put on this character whatever you're trying to do, but Save People, it for a show with a storyline. Right. This doesn't have a storyline. The the purpose of this show is to say, look at all the great talents we have. Yes. You can't just go like, the oh c- my God, this one guy, he's so good. Like you need you need to really put your all into every match if you're gonna entice people to want to watch it later. The commentator 
the commentary team was trying to get themselves over instead yes. of getting the talent over. Which As is really common- disappointing because one of them, I believe, is somebody who owns this the color network. commentator is part of the management staff of this of this network. So which for me also fucked it up because they spoiled the end of the oh, women's title match. Oh my god. This I wasn't going to talk about this until later, but this completely took me out of it. I was like these people don't know what the fuck they're doing. I don't want to watch this match because I know how it's going to end. He stumbled on commentary and he was he was hyping up the match that was about to happen. Mm-hmm. And he said and this is what this is what'll happen when Steph Delander defeats. I mean, takes on. Yeah. And it's like okay. I that really really took me out of it. It and did. I, it did me too. It took me out of most of the show. I most was of already. The rest of the show. Yeah, I was already off of the show because of the quality of it yeah. and also many of the matches. But that i was like i'm done with this i don't care about this anymore and especially this match like they yeah. had been hyping it up as the co-main event and halfway then, through, then they have it halfway through the show yeah and i already know how it's gonna end yeah like you should not you shouldn't if no. you're gonna be part of the management of this company you need to know what the fuck you're doing and it seemed like he didn't. No. When it came down to commentary, it didn't seem like he knew what he was doing. Right. Um, the play-by-play guy, I think, was trying to keep it together. I think yeah. he was trying his Unsuccessfully. best. Because <laughs> but the not other necessarily guy, his fault. The other guy was just such a strong personality. I don't mm-hmm. know. If it were me, I would never have these two working commentary again. No, the they had color, no chemistry. The color commentator... Um, I can't even remember his name. I think it was Chernoff. Or I don't know. That, I it think was something. Something like that. It was a name. It was a name. The color commentator on the show was too much about himself and mm-hmm. not about the action in the ring. But let's get right. to the action in the ring. Let's get to it. They started off, they had a three-match pre-show um, with Chris Van Vliet as the, um, as the interviewer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had Johnny LaQuasto as the color or as the play-by-play guy. And then I can't remember the girl's name. Um, I was a really big fan of this pre-show though. I was too. The pre-show I... outdid the main show in my opinion. Absolutely it did. And it, I think that's also why I was pretty disappointed with the show in general, because the pre-show set such a high bar for me. Especially this opening match. Oh, it was great. This opening match. So this is a, a local to me company, uh, mm-hmm. Three Legacies Wrestling. It's owned and operated by uh, the former uh, personal ring announcer for Alberto Del Rio. Uh, his name is Ricardo Rodriguez. Um, <laughs> but... He owns and operates this out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, and they had it for the Three Legacies Wrestling World Championship, and it was Bro Keller, who is somebody I've shared a locker room with, Mm. great guy, love Bro Keller, um, taking on Tarzan Duran and Smiley in a triple threat match. Yeah. Um, Right off the bat, Smiley hits this tarantula crossbody, so almost how... Um, Andrade El Idolo does like the little tarantula, like in the ropes kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and does the, um, the little, uh, tranquilo pose and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He does that, but he does it into a cross body, which was super impressive. 
Uh, Tarzan Duran then hits an outside in double net break, double neck breaker to Smiley and Bro Keller. Uh, Smiley then hits uh, a shock therapy, which is a tarantula springboard into a DDT, which got broken up by a near fall. Tarzan uh, Tarzan Duran hits his finisher called the Jungle Juice, which is a straight jacket sliced bread DDT. It was mm-hmm. a super impressive. It was. Um, that got broken up by, I think, Bro Keller. Smiley hits an outside in Canadian Destroyer, which looked absolutely insane. Yes. And then Bro uh, comes back in, hits the Bro Job, which is a springboard X Factor for the win to yep. retain his three legacies championship. Uh, this was a great opener. Yeah. I thought all three guys worked really hard. I was a big fan of Tarzan Duran. Yep. Um, and obviously, like I said, I'm a fan of Bro Keller. I know the guy. Shout out to Bro. Mm-hmm. I Great really guy. like Smiley. He's my Smiley, favorite in this match. S- Smiley also had like multiple masks. Yes. So he got that unmasked. I really loved. <laughs> he got unmasked and then there was a mask underneath it. Yeah. Really like that spot. I did too. I I thought that all three of them worked their asses off. I thought it was such a good match. Um and it really I was like, okay, if this is the the opener on the pre-show, this is going to be a good yeah. Good show. Yeah. And boy, were we kind of set up for failure. But you know what? It made them look better, I it think. It made them look really good. Um, so good, good job. You could tell that they have uh, some some quality people over there. Yes. So then we have the Atlantic Pro Wrestling World Championship match between Steven Stetson and Mike McCarthy. Yes. Not the NFL coach for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. The mass hole. As the mass hole. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy. Um, Which I mean... I was like, all right, I like this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of notes for this match. This match only went like six minutes. It was not long. Yeah, I said uh, my note was good standard match. Yeah, um, a couple couple spots here. Uh, Stetson uh, hit a really, really nice power slam to um, Mike McCarthy. And then the finish of the match was Mike McCarthy hitting his finisher, the stage dive, which is a top rope DDT mm-hmm. for the win to retain his Atlantic pro wrestling world title. Um, I thought it was fine. It was a good yeah, little opener. It was, I don't think it was bad. I think it was, like I said, like a good standard match. There was nothing super impressive. There was nothing like flashy about it, but it doesn't always need to be that. I think yeah. it was, it was a good it was standard a solid, match. Yeah, it was a good solid match. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like, I have a note here where I wanted to remember something I was thinking about during this whole pre-show was that I have always been really impressed with the indies that I've seen mm-hmm. since since we've been watching them. Yep. Um, I mean, there's there's been outside a couple. Of, outside <laughs> of GCW and Listen, their Hammerstein Ballroom show. That one, I was like, I don't think I like this stuff. <laughs> um, but after that, other GCW stuff that I've seen has been good. Yeah, um, we watched um, a lot of the um, oh, the collective, the yes. WrestleMania shows. Yeah, which I thought was good. Um, I think I always really imagined it as like this really, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like because, a dingy, like yeah, not like talented kind of like thing. This like dingy, like low budget, and it is low budget. But oh, not, it's super but low not budget. not in the negative way that I was thinking. But this like dingy, low budget, like people don't know what the hell they're doing. Like 
That's mm-hmm. what I imagined it as. And I think that's what a lot of people imagine it as. Yeah. A like, lot of people... I always say that indie wrestling is some of the most fun you can have on a Saturday night for really cheap with the family. And it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, like, we've that's taken your brother. Accurate. Your yeah. brother is not a huge wrestling fan, but he really likes going out to indie shows he with us. He's gone to two of them with us. And it's really fun. Like, I will... I, I think it's really fun. We've gone to the NEW shows. Northeast and I, Wrestling here in uh, Bethany, Connecticut. Yes, thank you. Um, and and I think it's so fun, but I think what what shocked me the most, I don't know if shocked is the right word, but I've been really impressed with like the quality of the wrestling actually. Yeah. Where I just kind of assumed like it's just like a bunch of people who don't really know what they're doing and it looks like shit and like whatever. But it's, that's not been the case. No. Indie wrestling is really good because, like, everybody's out there to have a good time, try really hard. They're trying to get their name out there. And that's the thing is, like, these are people who are working their ass off to try to get to the next level. Correct. So it's not going to be people who, I mean, maybe sometimes it's people who don't know what they're doing because everybody has to start somewhere. But it's not people who will continuously be really shitty. Right. And I, mean, I don't I wasn't... think I've ever really seen anybody who's like incredibly shitty. I'm sure they, I'm sure. I mean, I was, happens. I was pretty incredibly shitty. I, if it's going to be your first f- few months, like I'm sure you're going to be incredibly shitty. Oh no, 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 no. I was incredibly shitty most of the time. And that's fine. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, I don't know. I guess that's what I mean. It's like, it's people who are actually really trying. Yeah. And they're doing really well most of the time. Most of the time they are. And like, if they're featured on stuff like this, they have to kind of have a little bit of talent. Yeah. Normally. Even just the the things that we've gone and seen, I've been like, oh, these people are fucking good. Like, this is impressive. It's not just like TV shit. No, it's, I I really want to take you to like a GCW's like tournament of death and I would love to go (laughs) so like yeah that's just the thought that I had through this whole um pre-show where I was like wow these people are fucking good and they're impressive good job guys so the last match of the pre-show was for middle kingdom wrestling which is out of China yes um and it was between the neon ninja facade Mm -hmm. and a man named Sonny Zai who I've never heard of no but I loved him you loved Sonny Zai god He's like the male version of Willow Nightingale to me. A little bit, yeah. And I really love him. He's so fun and has so much energy and seems so happy and like just loves to be there. He's the better version of Toriyano. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, He seems so nice. Facade did a lot that I just am not going to recap. To Mm -hmm. me, Facade had so much offense in this match that it became very annoying. I agree. And And he overdid it. I, th- I think so, too. But something I really liked about this match was Sonny's facial selling. Like, I remember I mentioned it while we were watching it. Yes, you it. did. I was like, damn, like, he's really making it look good. Like, he's he's selling for this man. Yeah, and he really was. Like, he was really trying to get Facade over. But, like, I don't know. Facade, he rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. I think there's just, like, no rhyme or reason to what he does. I don't have any notes about. I have nothing. <laughs> I said, I said that this match was kind of boring. Um, mm-hmm. Sunny's eye was the best part of it, and yes. that it was over. Yeah, Facade won, or no, Sunny's eye won. Sunny won. Sunny won. He um, won with a roll up, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have no no notes about Facade. I think it was fine, but I really liked Sunny. <laughs> yeah, Sunny's eye was great. 
But yeah, so that was the end of the pre-show, and then we get into the main show. And it opened up with ECWA Wrestling, East Coast Wrestling Alliance, I believe it is. I think so, yeah. Joey Ace versus Clutch Rockwell. Yes. Uh, This was weird. It... Because they tried to do like a storyline match with like Clutch Rockwell and his Goonies and Joey Ace. And it was like a six minute match. And there wasn't a lot of time to do a lot of storytelling with everything else. I don't know who these people are. So I don't care about their story. I also have here um, really bad elbow drop by Clutch. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. I just that was it stuck out to me. It was so bad. Yeah, and then, like, Clutch hit, like, he had this, like, weird sell. So he took an atomic drop, and then he starts selling his knee out of nowhere. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, because that's what an atomic drop works over. Yeah. It's your knee. Sure. And, like, this, I was like, well, maybe I was wrong in my thinking. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't be impressed by these people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Clutch had, like, a a really nice scissor kick, like, very reminiscent Mm -hmm. of Booker T., um, and then this was where I had it in my notes that it's really hard to do a storyline match when there are no stories on this show. Yeah. Um, like nobody knows who you are. Correct. I, I get that you're trying to give people a little taste, but I don't like the flavor. No. Um, <laughs> it's almost like me and mint chocolate chip. Like, yeah, uh, it, it's a flavor. I don't like it. It mm. is what it is. Um, Joey Ace, uh, hit a decent standing slice bread and then he won with a top rope elbow drop. It was really boring and the finish fell really flat yes i was like okay this was a match yeah (laughs) um next was squared circle expo uh they had a match between jake omen and carson drake Mm -hmm. now these two had like little intro videos i loved it i thought it was really nice jake omen yeah jake omen had a really nice one um these two were the biggest guys that had been been in the ring yes. so far. Um, Carson Drake uh, was overselling like a motherfucker yes. for Jake o- uh, Jake Omen. Yes. Um, he, Omen hits a backbreaker that then went into a Falcon Arrow that was really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake hit in a, a rope assisted suplex, and then Jake Omen hit a Shining Wizard for the win. I guess there's some connection with him and KG Muto that yeah. they were trying to get over. I don't know. Uh, at this point, I said commentary is fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> this was the moment where I realized how bad the commentary was. Right. And this was a new commentary team. It so was, yeah. This was the main show commentary team. Yeah. Oh, that's why I have that up there. So <laughs> the pre-show did have different commentary. Yes. And so my comment was commentary not distracting, which was nice during the pre-show. Yeah. Um, it was really then, distracting during the main yeah, show. Yeah, then it became very distracting. I totally forgot they switched teams. So I read that and I was like, I don't know why I said that. Am I stupid? <laughs> I don't mind a heel commentator because Taz leans kind of heelish at times. Yeah, but he's not a fucking dumbass. Yeah, like that's he's <laughs> not annoying about that's it. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, like when it when it's done well and it's like yeah i don't i don't know the ref didn't see it it's all perfectly in the rules it's perfectly legal all that kind of stuff yeah but I'm when cool you're like that. aggressive about it and like yeah. weird it's just like okay stop when it's very jerry lawler mm-hmm. it becomes very annoying there's a time and a place yes on this show in any capacity is not the time or the place no this is supposed to be to highlight your streaming network and yes. why would i want to watch it if your commentary is fucking awful yeah 
Um, but um, in this this match, uh, I thought they were both really solid. Like both are very good workers, mm-hmm. and I and I enjoyed the match for what it was. I wish yeah. I kind of would have. I wish I would have been able to like see more. I think mm-hmm. I wish they would have pulled off like one or two promotions and let a couple of the matches go a little bit longer. Yeah, I agree. I I see what they were doing. They really wanted to get as much in there as possible. Yeah, but. It was ambitious. It was was. really ambitious. And for the most part, oh, and in between every match, we forgot to mention this. Mm. Before any match would start, they showed like a 15 second video package. Yeah, like a highlight package of of every company that was about to be represented. Yes, which I liked. I really enjoyed that. That that was was one of my favorite things of the show was that it was like, here's a look at ECWA. Yes. And it would show off like a 15 to 30 second highlight package of what this company has to offer. And I'm like, yes, fuck yes sell me on it that really helps exactly because like i don't know what these companies are so let me see some of their stuff let me see some highlights and there was definitely some some that i was like oh shit i would love to see more of that absolutely yeah so i thought that was something they did really right yeah um this next match was one of my favorites um it was catalyst wrestling and it was for the nwa junior heavyweight championship and it was a no disqualification match between darius carter who we saw um, during the For the Culture show yes. at GCW, and Colby Carino, who is the son of Steve Carino, who is now a backstage producer for WWE, but he was the color commentator in Ring of Honor for a really long time. So mm. uh, um, he's really kind of grown, Cor- Colby Carino. When I first saw him, he was like a 19-year-old kid, like okay. first really starting, not great, mm-hmm. but like he's really kind of come into his own. So it's been really nice to see his growth. But this match had a lot happen. A lot. <laughs> um, Carino hit an implosion senton. Then he hits a cannonball through a door to Carter. Yes, uh, like which, 30 seconds in. Yeah, it was it was really early. <laughs> um, Car- Darius Carter then hit Carino with what looked like an explosive bat. Yes. Um, I think it was just so, like those little like... Um, you know those like cherry popper things? Yes, that you that's can what get, I was looking like, for. You throw them on the ground and they explode. It was covered in that yeah it was really kind of a cool scene though it was i thought that was really creative. it was creative it was creative yeah. for what they had the use of yeah and i was like i've never seen anything like that i really like that actually yeah and then uh darius carter uh got colby carino's hand locked in a chair and he mm-hmm. like kind of snapped it shut yeah. i really like that spot i thought that was unique there was a drop toe hold to the legs of a chair uh by carter to colby carino mm-hmm then there was a gang up. I forget who the guy that came out with Darius Carter was, but they started going two on one when Homicide made the save for Colby Carino um, and took out the extra like little manager second guy that yep. was there. Um, there was a butterfly suplex through a door to Colby and then Colby Carino hits a flipping fireman's carry through a door onto chairs then an arm ringer DDT to win the match. Um, I thought this was really fun. It was a nice little hardcore match that kind of got kind of got the point over. Like it, I agree. It, it was it was a good hardcore match. It didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, it wasn't it, too much. And it went um, it went just the amount right amount of time. I think it went like nine minutes or something like that. Yeah, I think I think it was the perfect length of time. I don't think it 
it was too much. I wasn't, there was no point where I was like, okay, this is, a, this is a lot. Yeah. Like we get that way sometimes with like, we got that way with what anarchy in the arena Yes, where it was like, okay, let's get like, to I the get big it. spots now. Yes, let's, exactly. let's get it done. It's like, you know why you're here. Yep. Get to it. Yep. Exactly. But this, I didn't feel that way about. I thought it was, I thought it was a good match. I'm a big fan of Darius Carter. <laughs> I like great. Darius Carter. I like him a lot. Yeah. I think we're going to need to see a lot more of him. I agree. Yeah. Uh, next up was WrestlePro, and they were represented by the Ace of Space Academy, which I missed one of the guys' names, Max St. Giovanni and GKM yes. um, versus Yosefer L. El Magnifico and Skylar Mack. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was a guy named Colton on Ace of Space Academy. Oh, right, right, right. Um, during the match, Colton hit Magnifico with a massive spear. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that was the win. I forgot. I did yes. not take a lot of ma- uh, n- notes for this match because this ring, we have to talk about this ring. Yes, we do. Because this is, I have two notes. One was about that big ass spear. And then the other was um, having this many people in this small of a ring is tough. It was like a 14 by 14 ring. It was smaller than a ring I've ever wrestled in. It was very, very small. And so having six people in that ring was... Or around it. Even just around it was super hard. It was a lot. Yeah. Like, there there was at one point, like, four or six people in the ring all at the same time. It seemed chaotic. It felt claustrophobic. I didn't like it. I didn't either. Um, I know some of these indie companies do 14 by 14 because like a lot of Lucha guys like that kind Mm -hmm. of, because it's super close. Yeah, it makes sense. You can jump a, it, what looks like a very long way. Yes. <laughs> from but it's not. Coast to coast. And coast to coast. When it's only 14 feet. Pillar to post and coast to coast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so oh. it, it was definitely a match that I think got hampered by the size of the ring. I agree. I think it it had the potential to be a lot better. Yes. Um, but you just cannot have that many people in such a small area. So now we get into the quote unquote co-main event. Ugh. Steph DeLander versus Rachel Ellering for the Premier Streaming Network Women's Championship. Yeah, and this is where the the fuck-up happens, where he says Rachel Ellering... Loses. Ellering lose, I mean, challenges, and it's like... Homie, you can't do that. I was like, I swear to God, if she loses, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) I'm done with this show. Um, Because I was like, oh, maybe he's just leaning into his heel ways, you know. Which, like, you can kind of tell he wasn't. No, he he realized he fucked up. Yeah. And I was just... It took me out of it. Yeah. Because I was was kind of excited for this match at first. Yeah. Um, They they did a couple of interviews with both of them, and I was like, all right, this is going to be good. Um, And then I found out what was going to happen. And I was like, what's the point of watching this match? Yeah, no, it was it was a pretty big fuck up. Um, There was a lot of brawling around the ring so much. And I'm like, okay, to a point it gets it's fine. But we just got got done watching the G1 a month ago. Mm -hmm. And all they did was brawl around the ring and brawl through the crowd. I'm tired of seeing brawling around the ring. Like I I understand you're trying to make it interactive. You're trying to do a whole thing. You're trying to make it look more brutal. The whole point is to be in the ring. Yes. I want to see it in the ring. Sometimes you have to be able to tell a story in the ring without being outside of it. Right. And I think there's a time and a place. 
it's not all the time in all the places. Yeah. Um, my only notes here were that Rachel Ellering hit a really nice TKO mm -hmm. to Steph DeLander, and then DeLander wins after cheating by using a microphone, hitting Ellering right across the head for the one, yep. two, three, um, while Which, the ref's uh, back was turned. Um, no surprise there. No. Uh, I, the, I, crowd, the crowd was really behind Rachel, though. Yeah, she was really popular. Um, I feel like that would have been probably... A smart call, but the better call is Delander, mm -hmm. especially with the finish in the main event. Right. Um, with Matt Cardona. Wow. But spoilers. I know. Damn. Who do you think you are? This commentary team? I, you know what? I'm taking my notes from them. Wow. Um, <laughs> so then Maryland Championship Wrestling, uh, which is a company that I, I haven't seen live, but I've seen some of their stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and they were the ones that used to host Evolve Wrestling uh, back in the day. Their, their little arena, quote unquote, at this yeah. farmer's market. Um, but you had Ryan Zuko versus Alex Devine. Um, I thought this match was really good. I don't have a lot of notes, but I, I really did like this match. Yeah. Um, Devine hit a tornillo to the floor. Um, and then these two just chopped the shit out of each other. Yeah. They were I, really laying their chops in. I really liked Alex. I thought he was super solid. Um, I have a note here. I can't remember exactly what happened, but I said that Ryan was too silly for me. Like, yeah, I he just... was he was a little bit like an over the top heel, mm, a little bit. Okay, okay, that's yeah. Because he now came it's out, coming he back. came out in like the biker jacket yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, and I was like, this and... is a little too much for me. Like I, okay, yeah. But I still thought he was pretty solid. Like he was still good. I still liked the match. Yeah. Um, I just he was like okay. Yeah, like he was, he was a, very oh that's what it was he was very like um grease yeah because his whole thing is like ryan zuko like danny zuko from yeah. grease um and it was just too much for it, me it personally was a lot. <laughs> but, it was a lot but i thought i thought he was still a good worker very like, just good. because i don't like his character and i think it's it's too over the top doesn't mean he wasn't good no he was he was pretty good yeah um and then there was a springboard dive mm -hmm. by um by Alex Devine, or a springboard spear, excuse me, from Alex Devine. Yeah. And I thought that one looked really, really good. It did. And then Alex Devine won with like a, a weird twisting splash. I hadn't seen anything like it before. I liked it. I thought it was great. <laughs> it was almost like a like Alexa Bliss's uh, Twisted Bliss. Oh, yeah. Almost, but mm -hmm. not really. Like, yeah. it was weird. I don't know. I really liked it, though. Yeah. Alex Devine really won us over. I really liked him. Um, And now, CZW, owned by the shithead DJ Hyde. I do need to... um to insert my little comment here where I wrote, I was ready for this to be over like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. You were really annoyed because they advertised that as the co-main event and yeah. then it didn't end. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, there's a thing with like timed schedules for yeah. me. If somebody tells me that we're going to be going home by 5 PM and I'm not home at 5:30, I'm pissed off. This and has so, been a point of contention between us uh, quite a bit before. Yes. Because I love to stay late at things. You do. And, you and I'm, like, I'm like, okay, you said we were going to go home at 6, and now it's 8.30, and I've been ready to go home for two and a half hours. And I'm just like, woo! <laughs> and this is what this show felt like for me at this point. Where I'm like, woo! But I don't love this show. I know. So it's, there's nothing in me that could be like, well, like, he's having fun, so it's fine. <laughs> um, next is the CZW uh, CZW match owned by shithead DJ Hyde. Fuck him. I have one note about this. I have multiple notes actually. I don't. 
I don't remember this a lot because I was already angry. So I think that's why I was like, I fuck so. this. I have one note, which was, wow, mullet. <laughs> oh, that was Matt Quay. Yeah. Matt Quay with a massive mullet. Yeah. <laughs> wow, um, mullet is my one note. Matt Quay, uh, during this match, uh, went into a headstand and front rolled out of a headlock while still w- while he still had a hammer lock, which I thought was like really impressive. Really good technical yeah. working. Um, and then Griffin McCoy hit a huge German where Matt Quay hit the back of his neck. Yes. And I was like, it's a super safe bump. Like, not super safe, but it was like a safe enough bump. Yeah. But it was still like, ooh. Yeah, it looked like it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> all like, hurts. Oh. It all hurts. Oh, I know it does. <laughs> I would never do it. You want, You mean you want to put me in the air and drop me on the ground? Absolutely not. That's not allowed. I'm um, calling the police. And then Griffin McCoy won with an over-under German suplex, and then he hit a disaster kick, mm-hmm. which he stole from Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Um, but but you know, that's this, okay. was a, this was a fine match yeah. um, that then led into a terrible match for the Immortal Championship from Immortal Wrestling, Kayla Sparks versus Veda Scott. I hated this so much. This match sucked. It was, It was so angering to me. Not only because of the the two wrestlers, which I did not like either of them. Um, you weren't. You didn't hate Kayla Sparks. I she did, was the one that, especially she was the when one she that... missed her drop kick. It pissed me off. I was like, "You suck! Fuck you! Fuck this match!" The ref pissed me off. He was in the way all, all the, the fucking time. time. Yep. It was, and maybe it's because he's not used to being in a ring that small. That's very possible. Yeah, that would. But fuck if you me up see too. people coming at you, fucking move yeah i hated it so much you need to have more awareness of where people are and where you need to be otherwise don't do this fucking commentators talk about it a lot ring awareness with like wrestlers in the story of a match ring Mm -hmm. awareness for everybody needs to be a thing refs i think is almost even more important you're the one who's supposed to be the official yes on this match you're the one who's supposed to be watching everything if you can't even watch them running at you Go, go home. Yeah. Do something else. Be an accountant. Do something. An but, accountant, huh? Yeah. <laughs> just don't do this. Do yeah, something no. where you sit still all the time. The is only, what I'm saying. The only note I have is that Kayla Sparks won with a tornado DDT. Yeah. I said Kayla Sparks misses dropkick. She wins. <laughs> but also ref sucks so bad in the way. So <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um moving on to Battlefield Pro Wrestling, which is owned by uh owned and operated by Alpha Jr., who mm-hmm. is the cousin of Mr. Roman Reigns. Yes. And the Usos and every other Simone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was supposed to be Casey Navarro versus Malik Delvante. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Casey Navarro just couldn't make it because of travel issues, which Maybe. was a big thing for this. Yeah. Um, so then Dan Moff was revealed, uh, who apparently injured Casey Navarro, quote unquote. Which I, I understand. I didn't hate this. No, I didn't either. And I understand why they had to do it, obviously. Well, I guess, I guess not why, because it hasn't been confirmed. Yeah. But if there was travel issues, I get it. But I was really excited to see Casey Navarro. I you, really, really, you really like him. Casey Navarro. I, do. I like Casey Navarro too. I think Casey Navarro is great. Oh, I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Um. So they did an injury angle with Dan Moff taking him out, mm-hmm. and then Moff comes out and takes on Malik Delvante. Yep. Um. There were a couple like really nice spots. There was a big apron bomb to Malik Delvante, mm-hmm. and then a cannonball to Malik. Uh. That Dan Moff laid, and then like Delvante came back with like a lot of high flying stuff. Yeah, he I liked a, him. He was 
entertaining. He was really lanky. Yes. Like real lanky. Yeah. Um, which makes almost like it's almost like Angelico. We haven't gotten there yet in Lucha Underground. Okay. Um Angelico is in Lucha Underground mm-hmm. from like AEW. Okay. Um he is really lanky, but he can do some really crazy shit. And it yeah. looks almost more impressive because they're so tall. I agree. Like, it's like, whoa, you shouldn't be able to do that. Right. <laughs> so like Malik Del Bonte was like He's like six foot, maybe like Probably, five eleven, yeah. six foot, mm-hmm. and it's like you see him doing some flippy shit, and it's like, okay, yeah, and it's like, wow, in a ring that small, <laughs> right? Well, that too, yeah. Um, it's like with ropes that loose, <laughs> yeah. So then, <laughs> so then, uh, uh, Dan Moff won with like a massive power bomb. I think it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't even write down the finish. Yeah, but Dan Moff destroyed Malik Del Bonte. Yeah, but then much. he called out Fatu. Yeah, and then he's like, let's make it happen. So maybe that'll happen. Maybe. Mm. Um, then for the, in, in the main event, finally, three matches later, yep. uh, the premier streaming network world title and house of glory world title, uh, house of glory championship, because it was announced that it was going to be a title for title match. Also, it was four matches later. Oh, sorry. Fuck this show. Um, <laughs> but Matt, uh, Matt Cardona was supposed to take on Colt Cabana. Yep. Colt Cabana couldn't make it due to travel issues with the hurricane and all that kind of stuff. So... Cardona versus Jacob Fatu versus Charles Mason, who has like, I don't know, a weird cult leader gimmick. I, yeah. I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it. But I also haven't seen a lot of Charles Mason. So yeah. um, throughout this match, there was a lot that happened. Um, there was a pendulum DDT from Charles Mason to Fatu, mm-hmm. a Michinoku driver from Fatu to uh, Charles Mason. And then there was like a spike neck breaker, almost like a rude awakening mm-hmm. from Cardona to Charles Mason, and then there was a, a really high back body drop yeah. um, to Cardona from Jacob Fatu, who just right. launched him into the into the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, Cardona, or uh, Mason, excuse me, tries to use his belt um, and then pulled Cardona into a rolling... Oh, no, sorry. Mason used his actual, like, belt belt, belt not belt. his title belt. Yeah, no, belt, his pants belt. His pants belt to grab Matt Cardona... From the top rope and then pulled him into a rolling Death Valley driver. Yeah. This spot was insane looking because it was so quick. And I think that was the the best part of the match to me. Yeah. Um, because my notes are boring. So <laughs> there was a there was a sleeper slu- suplex from Mason to Fatu, which mm-hmm. looked incredible. Um, and then the commentator, the color commentator got oh, involved. Oh my god, the co owner. Yeah, I the co owner. Um, got involved and helped Matt Cardona win after um, Fatu hits best moonsault ever, or his version of it, um, and he tries to go again, but Steph DeLander helps out Matt Cardona and knocks him off. Cardona gets the win. I hated this so much. I hated the finish. I hated that this co-owner commentator pulled the ref out of the ring for the... I I hated it so much. I said that there was a lot of talent, but there was too many shenanigans. Yes. um, And a lot of uh, production flubs uh, throughout this and the whole show. Yeah. I said it could have been good, but it was just meh. I agree. Um, Like, I thought that that match had spots where it was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Especially Jacob Fatu and Charles Mason. Yeah. But overall, it was boring for me. Matt Cardona is not your kind of worker he's no. really not my kind of worker either yeah. it's a lot of shenanigans and not a lot of hoo-ha that's my issue like if somebody is somebody who works in a way that i'm like okay this is like just a standard match yep i can still appreciate the talent and 
how they work. But I cannot appreciate all the shenanigans. Yeah, and there was a lot of shenanigans. A comedy match. I can appreciate a comedy match, like a a Danhausen or like a Toriano even. Yeah. But I can't appreciate when there's so much going on that it completely takes away from the match. Yeah, no. And Matt Cardona, I think when he's by himself, is really good. Like, because, like, by yourself, it's like, okay, I'm trying to cheat, trying to mm-hmm. cheat, and then you finally cheat. It's very MJF. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But when he has people around him, like a Steph DeLander, mm-hmm. like a uh, a Brian Myers, yeah. uh, Mark, Mark Sterling, mm-hmm. when he has those people to his, that are, uh, that he's left to those vices, yeah. he leans on them too much, in my opinion. I agree. I feel like you can either do it yourself or have somebody do it for you. You cannot both yeah. or all three or all four be doing it at the same time it's too much i agree um so yeah this show i thought could have been good i thought it was a really good idea and a good concept great concept i really liked it yeah i think that it needs to be better better produced yeah better executed Mm -hmm. and i think that the commentary needs to be fixed i I agree i think that needs to be fixed Mm -hmm. i think the refs need fixed there was a lot of ref issues i really hated the refereeing on this show um and i and i don't like tearing down an indie company because i know that they're trying their best yeah i know and and i know i know what they're trying to do and and i like i said i think it was super ambitious what Mm -hmm. they tried i think ultimately it was a failure yes ultimately this was a d plus i agree and what I'll say is I don't hold it against any of the companies that were part of this. Me neither. This I, was production heavy. Absolutely. The issues were with production, with the way the show was ran. I Some of the people weren't up to the standards that I've been able to see. So I was like, okay, I don't really like Even this, watching these specific indie people. shows. We've watched indie shows at home right. and we've really had a good time watching right. them. But I'm saying like even some of the people who are, I was like, okay, this is a boring match. Like I don't hold it against the company as a whole. Maybe no. that person's just not for me. I would give all of the companies another try. Yes. And I want to. Like that, so that's where I think the show is successful for me is because it was so bad. I'm like, I want to give these companies another chance because I bet they could do better than this. Yeah, and by like, themselves, even with a lower budget and whatever it is that they have. Yeah, and I think that it was also really good to like expose some some workers to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like what we what we thrive what we were um, thriving about with the collective over uh, WrestleMania weekend. Like we became fans of guys like Darius Carter. Yeah. Um, uh, Billy Stark, yeah, uh, man like Darius. Mm-hmm. Um, we we became fans of these people that we were like, okay, let's follow these guys because you showcase something new. Yeah, and, and these you are people something. that I we may never have seen. Right, without um, it, exactly. So now it's something where I'm like, okay, maybe I want to like pay for this service and watch these other companies. I don't necessarily want to watch Premiere. Yeah. And like whatever they're putting on themselves. Right. But I do want to give these smaller companies a chance and see what they can do because yeah. I bet their talent is better than this. I would love to be able to sit down with the people that ran this show. Mm-hmm. Because as somebody that is a wrestler, as somebody that has worked in the production side, yeah. like before I even became trained as a wrestler, mm-hmm. I was the, I, I wouldn't say executive producer, but I was a producer mm-hmm. of another local show yeah where i was timing out the entrances mm-hmm. p- 
playing like playing the intro and outro music. I did security. I did yeah. roll. I did roaming camera. Mm-hmm. I've done all of these things yeah. to pretty good success. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. I would love to be able to sit down with Premiere and say, hey, this is where I think you guys messed up. Here's yeah. how you fix it. I would love for them to have a focus group after this yes. and be like, what did you see? And what can we do? And then them actually use that. Because even just people watching it, if you're somebody who has watched, I think, any amount of wrestling and, like, the productions that get put on by especially smaller companies like a GCW or um, even, like, things within the collective where it's, mm-hmm. like, like little, um, like, sections or factions of that. Right. Well, like, and we've you even see... seen video packages from, like, NEW. That, right. that, that is an independent company. Mm-hmm. They, they air on their own streaming service. Yeah, they're... They air on high spots and it's like they do their own kind of production. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think that you guys could learn from that. And it's Absolutely. like, take notes, learn, yep. grow. Don't stay stagnant. Yeah. And that's the thing. If they did this again, I would watch it again because I I think it's a good concept. And I think. Great concept. Yeah. And I think there's always room to learn and always room to improve. If you learned something from this, that's a step in the right direction. Agreed. 100% mm-hmm. agreed. Um, I would definitely watch something like this. I would watch another PSN show. Yeah. I would watch another, like, not like an indie show on PSN. I would watch another PSN show to see if they have. And then if Fair. they haven't, then there's an issue. Yeah. You know? But overall, I would give this, like, a 6 out of 10. It, it had some very high, it had some really good moments, mm-hmm. but a lot of it was bogged down by mediocrity I think in I the production give, itself. I would give the pre-show, if we're doing it separate, I would give the pre-show, like, a 7 out of 10. Mm. Um, and I would give the main show, like, a 4. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But next, we're going to move on to the top 20 of the PWI 500. I'm excited for this. So... I am going to list these off, and I just want your genuine reaction. Okay. Like, let's do, let's this do is... like, let's do like wrestle talk. Let's do three words. Three words. Okay. Three words or fewer or okay. less. Okay. Whichever one's grammatically correct. I yeah. can't remember. I think it's fewer. I think it's fewer. That's fine. So I'm gonna start from the I'm gonna start from the number twenty position. Yes. Please now, granted, start from this the is out of top five hundred. So it's a lot of people. So it's a lot of people. So these are like the best of the best. Yeah. They're saying. That's what they're opinion. saying. That is what they're saying. So let me go back and and just read the uh, disclaimer on what it is that the PWI five hundred weighs. I would like who puts this together. Pro Wrestling Illustrated. PWI puts it together. And who do they think they are? They are. <laughs> So, if I remember correctly, Pro Wrestling Illustrated was started by Bill Apter, or like he contributed. I don't know what that is. Remember the on the PSN show they were giving that Lifetime Achievement Award to oh, Bill Apter. Pill. Okay, okay. Yeah, so like this is like this used to be the top like publication for like fans to learn about pro wrestling. Okay, and keep so this, up with stuff. They've been around for decades. So this would be considered an authority in pro wrestling. Yes, so they are, so PWI is normally the ones that dignify if your title is a world title or not. Mm, So They do that? They do that. Okay. Like, as, I I mean, mean, a company's going to call a world title a world title. But they get to decide, is it really a world title? Right, it's like, is it, is it, I think they have, I think they have 10 world titles right now that are officially recognized by the PWI. Okay, I Um, see. And this, and this publication has been around. For decades, okay. since the since the seventies, I believe. Okay. Um, 
So this is how American fans found out about like Ricky Choshu and mm-hmm. and Keiji Muto. Okay, and, so we're gonna say that we're we're gonna say it's an authority in pro wrestling. It's, yeah, a lot of wrestlers okay. take it as a pride to be in the top five hundred. Okay, like, understood. A lot of wrestlers will be like, oh, I made like a lot of indie wrestlers that mm-hmm. I know. If they make the top five hundred, that is a big thing for them. Right, makes sense. Okay, so they evaluate this by win loss record. Okay, the amount of championships won, mm-hmm. quality of competition they faced. Okay. Major feuds they participated in. Okay. Prominence within the promotion that they are a part of. Okay. And overall wrestling ability. And this is a kayfabe list. Yes. I will say a lot of those um, categories seem like it doesn't have anything really to do with that wrestler. It's not really their fault if they don't get good uh, competition. That's why it's weighed amongst all of these factors. But most of the factors are not they're doing their ability absolutely that's why i said it's a kayfabe list yeah it is still in kayfabe it's okay. not it's not like if like dave Meltzer were to say here's my top 100 wrestlers of the okay year. um and it the, just it feels a little unfair already off the rip to it's be a, like again it's in kayfabe all right. it is in it is in business like voting kind okay. of thing well i'm not so um, We'll the, eva- I feel. the evaluation pr- uh, period is also from July 1st of 2022 okay. to July 1st of 2023. Okay, understood. So, number one. Number 20. Or number 20, excuse okay. me. Sorry, 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 Whew. sorry. I almost spoiled the, the number one. Whew. You learned from. <laughs> yeah. Number 20, TNA's Trey Miguel. You haven't seen a lot is. of him. Okay. You've seen him once or twice on like a New Japan show. I think he's participated in like Strong or something. Okay. I don't remember. Yeah. But good for you. Congratulations. Number 19. Uh huh. Bobby Lashley, who oh, I feel like okay. hasn't competed a lot through that period. No, <laughs> but maybe he's on there. Okay. So, I mean, obviously he's been injured, right? Yeah, he was injured so, for a little bit. So, I mean, that's very um, in-story of him <laughs> to be injured. Um, uh, but I like Bobby Lashley. Okay. Oh, shit. I'm supposed three to words. do three words. Three um, words. Good job, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Number 18, MLW's Alexander Hammerstone. You haven't seen a lot of him. I don't think you've seen him at all. Who dat? Yeah. <laughs> Number 17, mm-hmm. the Billy Goat Will Ospreay. 17? Yeah, he's number 17 on the list. Okay. Here's my three words and then I'll expand. What the fuck? He should be number one. (laughs) He's the best. He's not only my number one, but the world's number one. He's the top. He's the most athletic he's the he's the he has the best stories he's so good at his promos he's so good in the ring. You're not biased at all. I'm biased because he's great. (laughs) That's the thing. I like him because he's incredible. I don't just like him out of nowhere. I like him because he's the best that there is. He's the top. He's number one. And whoever's number one on that list is wrong. Number 16, Brian Danielson. 16? Three words or fewer. Who else? <laughs> like, other than Will Ospreay, who else? So number 15. This is somebody you do like, though. Okay. Masha Slamovich. Oh. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's okay. That's good. Number 14. Mm-hmm. Samoa Joe. 
That makes sense. I think that he has had great stories. Yeah. Um, I think that he he's he's just good. I he, I really like him. Yeah. Number 13 is Carmelo Hayes down in NXT. We've seen him a couple mm-hmm. times. That makes a lot he's of sense to me. He's very good. Yeah, he's <laughs> really good. Yeah, no, I think he's really good. Uh, number 12. Clo- but better than Will Ospreay? Yep. You know that that's not right. That, okay. To me, that doesn't make sense. This now, this is what, PWI? Yeah. They have solidified themselves as a fake authority to me now. <laughs> They don't know what they're talking about. I don't know who you guys think you are, but you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about, and you're dumb. I don't know if there's, like, a panel of people who vote on this. I don't know. I forget how the voting takes place. Well, it's wrong, and it's flawed, and it's biased, and it's dumb. So. Number 12. Mm-hmm. Claudio Cassignoli. Better than Will? Those are my three words. No, not better than Will. Okay. Um, I do think that he's had good stories. I think that his stories lately... Have been overshadowed, in my opinion. They've been overshadowed, and they've been too much. Like, Mm. I get it. Like, this is my issue with the Blackpool Combat Club. Okay. Is I like them as a group... But it's a little tired for me. Like, I get it. You're a group of badass dudes who like to beat people up. It's just... It's too much. I, like, I, think, all, I think they still have a lot in them. They I, do, I'm, but I'm here for it. I think it needs to be different. Like, I don't need you all coming out and, like, beating everybody up. And, like, you're doing the whole, like, you're stomping people's faces in. And you're elbowing um, their um, neck. Uh, excuse, excuse me. It's not stomping your faces in. It's kicking their fucking head in. Uh, I, yes. Get I, it right. I'm sorry. Babe. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's just like, it's just like we're a bunch of mean guys. Like, I get it. <laughs> I wish it was better. I think it was great in the beginning, but I, I wish it evolved more. Mm, fair enough. And I think that it probably didn't because of uh, William Regal leaving and, like, they weren't able to do the story that they wanted to do with it. Probably. Um, but, like, figure it out, guys. Mm. I'm I'm happy with where they are, and I'm okay. content with everything. That's I fine. like it. That's fine. I like them all together yeah. as a group and individually. I just would, I think it could be better. Fair enough. Uh, number 11. This will, this will kind of piss you oh, off, no. I think. Oh, no. Sonata. No, that doesn't piss me off. Over Will? Over... Well, okay. <laughs> this will be, for the rest of them, my three words are, but not Will? <laughs> um, I think it, I think on their evaluation, it does make sense, though. He is the top champion in, in New Japan. He is. His win-loss record is pretty fucking good. That's true. Like, he's had pretty decent feuds. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense for him to be at 11. But I don't think that he beats out Will Ospreay. I don't think so either. And that's the thing. I think this everybody... Is the one, this is the one that I disagree with beating Will Ospreay. I think for me, personally, and professionally, in my professional opinion, um, as a doctor, I have my doctorate in this. Um, uh-huh. I think Will Ospreay should be number one. But everybody else, except for whoever's number one, is in the right order okay. so far. Okay. Yeah. Um, number 10. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Well. Hmm. I feel like that's low. Well, you feel like that's low. I feel like he should be top five. Oh, no. In yeah. the past year, what has this man done? Except 
lost to Roman Reigns. Won the won the Royal Rumble, main evented WrestleMania. Okay. Headlines Monday Night Raw literally every week. Yeah. Has the top viewed segments normally every week on WWE's YouTube. I feel like he put carried Dirty Dom to like a four star match. I feel like he carried Brock. Him and Brock <laughs> Lesnar had a great trilogy. This is about my reactions, not yours. I don't give a um, fuck. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like. I feel like previously in his AEW career, maybe, but I feel like now for me, and I guess it's because we he don't watch made as much. you enjoy Brock Lesnar matches. Yes. Who else has done that? No one. No one. But <laughs> I just, I guess I, I guess for me, he just feels. I don't want to say underutilized because he's utilized a lot. I just think it's not in the best. We don't ways. watch Raw every week. That's true. I, guess I think I think if we watched Raw every week, it would be different. But we don't watch Raw. Maybe because he's in he's in like four segments every week. And okay, but I think he should be like top of the company. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, he is. I think, but he's not. It's Roman. I think he should be champion. But Roman's not doing the interviews. That's Cody Rhodes. Right. Roman's not doing the press tour. That's uh, yes. Cody Rhodes. No, and I get that. That's I'm the just top saying... of the company. That's like saying, oh, I think LA Knight's being underutilized. Are you kidding me? LA no. Knight's in commercials and shit. Like, no, I don't think he's being underutilized. No, but I'm saying that's like the comparison is people are saying that LA Knight's being underutilized. And I don't think that's the case. Like, I think that he's being utilized perfectly for who he is and what he can do. Mm. But I think that Cody Rhodes, like, I think my expectation for when he switched companies was now he's going to be the best of the best the absolute top he's going to beat out roman reigns and it just hasn't happened i think he should have beaten roman but i also haven't hated to have a cody rhodes or to be cody rhodes and not to be at that position i think they've kept him distracted well enough that it hasn't felt like a deterrent for me with him Fair enough. But I think if I was him, I'd be like, do you know who I am? <laughs> and then they would look at him and be like, do you know who Roman Reigns is? Our top merch seller for yeah. like literally the past decade. Well, like Roman Reigns is the guy. I mean, look at him. Of course he is. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Number nine is a guy from Impact, Josh Alexander. You Good haven't job, seen Josh. him. That's my three. Number eight. Uh-huh. Orange Cassidy. Oh, I think that's good. I think that's really good. Yeah, I think... Um, Three words. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has had such an incredible... He was a great international champion. champion. And uh, I'm excited to see where he goes next and how how he fights this adversity. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. He's just so tired. He's so tired. And also, he does not have a catchphrase. No. Um, Number seven. Yeah. Kazuchika Okada. Um, I disagree with this. Uh, I love Okada. I disagree with this. 
It's getting tired. Yeah. Those are my three. My and you've three. only been watching New Japan for like two years. Yeah. The thing, that, the thing that shocks me is like, you're like, Okada's getting tired. And it's like, yeah, that's been the meme <laughs> for like the past decade. For, yeah. Like, we're like, lol, Okada wins. Like, yeah. that is how it's always been. So like, the fact that two years in, you're like, I'm tired of him. It's like, so yeah. are we. And that's the thing is, I like him. I think he's fantastic. I think he's good. I think he's really great. I, I think, think like I think his... he's I think he's done. Like I think his type of match is done. Mm-hmm. I think his to- his style is done. Yeah, he was great for the decade that he was on top. Yeah, it is time to step aside. Right, and that's how I feel. Like I think he's really good as somebody who, like, he walks out and you're like, oh shit, it's Okada. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I think in that way, as an authority, as somebody who like people obviously respect and like mm-hmm. who's he's great but every single match he has is the same yep you know how it's gonna go you know how it's gonna end it's yep. very formulaic yep. i'm done with it it's tired it is very tired mm-hmm. like the whole thing is very tired yeah. and i don't i don't like it um and again over will osprey yeah that was my issue um number six mjf should be higher. Yeah, I agree. I think he well, should be... on their category, I disagree. Mm, why? He doesn't wrestle enough. Okay, but it it wasn't how often they wrestle. But it is win-loss record. And which he like, wins everything. He, he does, so... but his, I think his positioning at six is perfect. I think that's the best place to put him. Hmm. I, think, I think if he wrestled more... Yes, and also his feuds. I think his feuds have been great. I think they've been great, but also he's been stuck in the same will-they-won't-they feud for the past four months. Yeah, I guess you know? so. Like but, it's, it's, I mean, it's, you, it's need a, to let it, you need to let it breathe sometimes. I, I agree, but I, that's why I said I think, I think this is where it needs to be. Huh. Number five, mm-hmm. El Eo del Vikingo. Way too high. That's very surprising. Way too high. Yeah. I And I like him. I love him. Top 50. I think he's incredible. Top 50. Um, I would not say that he's above above like a 35. Will Ospreay? Yeah. <laughs> I, we also don't watch AAA though. Sure, but. Like his, he might he might be having like a great feuds down there. Maybe. We don't but, know. But we don't know. Better than Will. Uh, number four, and this is where I think this person should be 1 billion percent. Okay. Gunther. Oh, yes, absolutely. Gunther should be number four. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, I, that is, he is on. He is on a record-setting reign. Mm-hmm. He is he, putting on banger, banger, banger. Every, that match with Chad Gable was oh my God. fantastic. Every match I've seen with him has been a banger. And you hated him. I hated him so much. And, like, I still... I don't love his character, like I, you don't love him really. I don't, but like I recognize the talent, and I recognize how how good he is. Yeah, it's I don't like him, but not because he lacks in talent for me, or because he shouldn't be where he is. Mm-hmm. I don't like his character. Like that's what it is for me. It's but, a little too, but not because it's a bad one either. Yeah, it's a little, t- it's a little too. It's uh, too Nazi. It's too Nazi. I don't like it. No, I really don't like it. I no. don't think we should be doing stuff like that here in 2023. But it's, but it's also not like, oh, I'm racist. It is just very. 
but imagery it's, like it's very militaristic imagery and i think you can do a military type thing without it being german nazi and the guy who's behind you is like very goose stepping almost <laughs> like i really don't like that i it really makes me uncomfortable it gives you the ick it does it makes me uncomfortable but i, I love them I, I do, love them I, so much. I love Imperium. Ugh, it makes me uncomfortable, and yeah. I can't get behind it. But I think he's very talented, and he's an incredible champion. Uh, I'm gonna do three, two, and one all with uh, all within each other because three, two, and one is John Moxley, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. The Shield reigns supreme over the world of wrestling. I don't understand Seth Rollins being number one. Me neither. Okay. I don't know why it's not. If those are the top three, I don't know why, why it's he's not, not Roman. third. It should be yeah. Roman, John, then Seth. Completely agree. It should be Roman, John, Seth. I don't understand that at all. Because I, like, I think I like John the most. Mm-hmm. I like Seth the least. I love Seth Rollins. I love Seth Rollins too, but of the three of them. Of the three of the least. I yeah. think Seth Rollins is the one that needs all the work. He does. <laughs> and I don't really understand this. I don't either because I love him. So that's my three. I don't understand. <laughs> um, my three for the top three because I think it's completely disordered. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't agree. Uh-uh. No. What are you doing? But I will say that something that will bring you a lot of happiness, I okay. think. Michael Oku. <gasps> 97. Oh! Congratulations! Um, yes, that does. That yeah. does bring me a lot of joy. I think, especially being within the top 100, and there's 500. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. He's and in correct. The top, he's in the top 20%. Amazing and correct. Amazing and correct. Yes. All right. So now we will jump into our last segment of the day, um, and that is going to be our top five favorite wrestling theme songs. Top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. <laughs> um, so I have honorable mentions. Okay. Do, do you, you want to go those first? Yeah, I'll do those first. Okay. Uh, I have Stone Colds. Oh, he's on my list. Okay. Um, he's number five, so okay. I'll mention him now. And then I have Will Ospreys. Oh, such a good one. It is a good one. I was thinking about... So maybe that's a, an honorable mention for me, too. I didn't put them because that wasn't in my assignment. Um, but he was yeah. he was up in the mix. Yeah. Um. So let's do number five. You said yours yeah, is Stone Colds. Mine Cold. is Stone Colds because... It just, when that glass we listen, breaks... We listened to it before Cornhole. Yeah. Before our Cornhole <laughs> Championship game. Because it just, it it makes me feel like a ba- It makes me feel like a badass. Like As you it hear, should. You hear that glass break and you're like, oh shit, I could beat, I could beat somebody up right now. <laughs> like it just, it just makes me feel like I'm going to kick some ass. And he has that, and like, and you can't, you can't not visualize him coming out with the leather vest, yeah. like just, just. Oh, my number five, mm-hmm. Kaze Ninare by ah, Minoru Suzuki. I knew it was gonna be on your list. <laughs> okay, very good. The one. crowd participation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, it's good. Just it's hearing good. Kaze Ninare by the crowd who lose their mind. Yes, no, it's good. Number four for you. Number four for me. Is for Strickland's. Is it because of Prince Nana dancing? That's part of it. And <laughs> <laughs> but it's great because it's the exact dance I want to do when I hear it. It's just so catchy and it's just like, I don't know. I just it has it. to be played at our uh, wedding. It will be. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, my number four is my alarm clock every morning. Uh-huh. It is Katsuyori Shibata's. Yep, there you go. I knew that was going to be is, on yours, too. Oh, oh, the moments that I have felt. So this is more of like a uh, my feeling to it. Mm. Because the emotion that I felt every time I've heard that theme song since his injury. Yeah. Goosebumps. Yeah. Like, when I heard, we were watching... I'm getting them now just thinking back to it. <laughs> we were watching the first Forbidden Door. Yeah. And when I heard that music, yep. the physical jumping and leaping. Yes. When I heard his theme song, when we watched the first Wrestle Kingdom together, uh-huh. and he had that match with Zack Sabre. Yeah. And it was... That was big. I was like almost in tears. I know. Because I love this man so much. And he's such a great wrestler. And I think for me, just like people being able to come back from injuries that... Almost killed him. Yeah. He almost died. Yeah. And that people are like, you can't come back from this. When they do, like that really hits me. Yeah. Because it's like, damn, they get to do something that they love still. Yep. It's, it's, It's very meaningful. All right, number three. Number three, Darby Allens. Listen, it's on it's my light songs playlist. It's great. It's a Spotify. great song. <laughs> like, it's just a great song it's a separate gr- from that. It's yeah. A, it's a great theme song, and it's a great song song. It is. Mm-hmm. Another great one that is a great song mm-hmm. and a great theme song. Mm-hmm. Billy Kidman's You Can Run. Oh, yes. That's this a very is good one. The, if y'all haven't listened mm-hmm. to this one in a hot minute, yep. search mm-hmm. Billy Kidman Listen. on your Spotify. Run, but you can't hide. Run, but you can't hide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so we also played that um, on I our played way to that our continuously. <laughs> like, I love that song. Yeah, no, it's good. All right, number two. Number two, Kenny Omega's. Kenny Omega has a banger. I love it. I think it's so good. I I love Kenny Omega's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a great song. It's not in my top five, mm-hmm. but it is a banger. Yeah. It's on my like songs list as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, just because it matches, it, it it matches the character. Okay. It is who this man is. Okay. The Undertakers. You got- I knew it was going to be on your list. I'm yeah. surprised it's not number one. And it's I'm very not, interested. It's not, because there is one that fits better. Okay. okay. <laughs> but Taker's theme song, that gong hits. Mm-hmm. And especially nowadays. Yeah. Now that we don't get them all the time. Yeah. Back in the day when I was watching, you'd get Taker three times on a oh show. Oh my God, yes. And it'd be overdone. Mm-hmm. But now you hear that gong. And it's like, oh shit. Everybody yeah. reacts. Mm-hmm. Everybody goosebumps go. Yeah. Everybody's cheering. Yep. I will never. Or they're for- terrified, depending on who they are. Depending on who they are. Mm-hmm. My mom. Funny story. My mom, when she first saw Undertaker, uh, was terrified of him. Really? She was like sixteen. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, he's a scary no, no, dude. No, 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 no. She was sixteen, and this man is a dead mortician. Yeah, that's scary. This it's fake. <laughs> he's yeah, not a but, zombie <laughs> i mean yeah but like so i think people but, uh, are scarier than you also zombies. have to remember this is back when like he didn't have the black hair uh, that's he didn't true. Ha- he only had like the little tie yeah and but gray have gloves. you seen him i think he's i think he's scarier looking now than he was when he was in costume that's true. That's a terrifying man. I wouldn't want to crawl. I wouldn't want to come across him. No, me either. He is invited to our wedding, though. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number one for you. Number one for me. Mm-hmm. And this counts because it is a theme song, oh, and it's God. a wrestling theme oh, song. God. Okay. All right. Can you guess what it is? No. 
You can't? I have no thoughts in my brain. Um, it is Matt Tavens and NEW. Oh my god. <laughs> it's um, fucking uh It's pretty handsome awkward by the use. Uh, yeah. And I love the use so much. So it does count. It does count. He's a wrestler. It counts. That's his theme song, so it counts. What a fucking loophole. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a loophole, I'ma find it. <laughs> uh my number one. Mm-hmm. Is it is, Cody Rhodes? No. Oh. No, but I do love that song. I thought because you said it fit better even than The Undertaker's. But go ahead. I'm excited now. It's The Brood. Oh, yeah. Okay. With Gangrel, mm-hmm. Edge, and Christian. Yeah. Every time I hear it, and when Edge came out to it I, at SummerSlam, yeah. I was like, oh, I know you, you went crazy. Let's go. Yeah. I was losing my mind yeah. when Edge came out to the Broods theme song. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I love it. I love <laughs> it so much. It is the perfect theme song, in my opinion. Yeah. No, it's very, very good. It's the perfect theme song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, that's a good list. Yeah, it's a good list. Mm-hmm. Yours is cheating, but it's a good uh, list. I don't so because okay so are you are you willing to say right now right here right now that matt taven doesn't count listen i'm not trying to become a melvin mm. i'm not trying to become a melvin mm. so i'm not gonna I say don't know doesn't what that count. means so oh that wow. means nothing that means that me. you're not a fan of matt taven that's what he calls everybody he oh. calls everybody melvins oh i yeah. didn't know that i've yeah. never heard him say that um, yes, you did. He cut a promo and he called he called Moff and the other guy uh, Melvin's. Never mind. Maybe I just didn't understand what that you meant. You didn't. And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you can't. So either either it counts and it's not cheating, or he's not real. Hmm, I think it's bending the rules. Hmm. I think it's. I think it's. Do you think that he would like to hear that it's bending the rules that I like his theme song? I think is I think that he would actually really like that. He's a heel. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so he would really like to hear He'd that you're like, bending oh, the rules. I love when people bend the rules. Yeah. <laughs> like myself. Yeah. yeah you okay. know, he's next strong. <laughs> he's next strong, baby. I want I want that shirt really bad, actually. <laughs> All right. So we've gone a little bit longer than normal. Um Woo. but we are going to sign off. You'll get a second podcast on the same day that this drops, so make sure you listen to both. Yes. But I'm Damien. I'm Ashley. And this has been Casually Die Hard. Oh, nuts. Bye. (laughs) Bye.